0: Guys, raise your hand if you got wrecked last night. Can I promise you something? Tonight, you will get more wrecked. I promise you. But here's the thing Jesus feeds the hungry. If someone's too filled with themselves, there's no room for him to feed. And so sometimes we have to get us out of the way and get hungry for him so that everything he has for us will be fully delivered. You guys hungry tonight? Come on, are you guys hungry? Are you starving? At the end of tonight, we're going to... We're going to have a prayer time, and I can promise you this. If you will get desperate, tonight the Holy Spirit will meet your desperation. He will meet your desperation with power. Holy Spirit, we honor you tonight. We honor you specifically tonight, Holy Spirit. Precious, powerful, perfect, holy spirit we love you and we just say get Frenchie out of the way so that holy spirit can come like a freight train father we want the holy spirit to come like a freight train in this place tonight in Jesus name amen Amen. guys come on oh I want to talk tonight about the baptism of the holy spirit Maybe you've never heard this term before. That's okay. You're going to learn about it tonight. Maybe you've heard about it, but you don't really know much about it. That's OK. Tonight, more than you learning about it, I want you to receive it. I want you to experience it for yourself. You know, sometimes in, in our churches, we've got a little bit mixed up. It's the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and sometimes we tend to preach God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Bible and we forget the Holy Spirit I'm all about the Bible believe me I read it every day as much as I can a day I'm all about the Bible but I don't put the Bible on an altar and bow down to it but I do bow down to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God And so tonight, as I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, I want us to remember, He is not just a power. He is not an orb. He is not electricity. He is a person. And He is the third part of the Trinity. And tonight, many of you will not be touched by a human. You will be touched by the Holy Spirit personally. You will not have to wait. I'm telling you, I've seen this tons of times. You won't have to wait for someone to come and put their hand on you. He's going to do it. Some of you will start to shake, some of you will start to cry, some of you will fall. You have no idea what's going on, but it doesn't matter what your mind understands, it matters what your spirit is experiencing in connection with God. And tonight that's going to happen, and I want to build your anticipation, because that same God that created the universe is about to overflow into your inner man. Some of you are like, I thought I got the Holy Spirit at salvation. Yeah, you did. You totally did. You know, in Genesis chapter 2, it says that God formed Adam from dust. And it says that when he breathed into his nostrils, Adam became a man. (gasps) Can you imagine a sandcastle? Like God blowing on a sandcastle and all of a sudden it turns into a living human. He blew on him. Now we see this passage in John 20. If you have your Bibles, bust them out. You're going to need them tonight. I'm just going to read it to not waste time. John chapter 20, verse 22. Jesus has just raised from the dead. Okay, so yesterday we heard the gospel. We heard about Jesus dying, conquering the grave, raising from the dead. Now, this passage is right after his resurrection. He raises from the dead. And it says, verse 19, on that evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where his disciples were for fear of the Jews... Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Everyone say, breathed on them. (sighs) And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit that's what happened to you last night. Jesus went in this room last night and many of you received that infilling of the Holy Spirit and that's what happened to you yesterday. This moment right here, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What is the infilling of the Holy Spirit? It means you are now possessed by a spirit that is holy and it's the spirit of the living God. Meaning, while 90% of the planet is demon-possessed, you are God-possessed. That's what that means. And that means that while He's living in you, He is producing Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. Because He now lives in you, He is ministering to you day and night. He's giving you peace, joy, patience, kindness. You cannot produce that yourself. It's Him living in you that's producing that. And He is making you like Christ on your inner world. That's the indwelling of the Spirit. But tonight, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about something a little bit different. You see, that's what happened yesterday. But tonight, something different is about to take place in this Ohana court. Yesterday, you received the infilling, the indwelling. Today, you're going to receive the coming upon. You see, the the indwelling of the Spirit is for the development of our inner man, so that on the inside, we look like Jesus. But the coming upon, you see, indwelling, he ministers to us. The coming upon is so that we can minister to others. Indwelling, he ministers to us. Coming upon, we minister to others. I'm going to explain that throughout the night tonight. And at the end, I'm going to give an invitation for those of you that are ready to receive. And like Dan said, maybe you're not ready, but you're hungry for it. doesn't matter if you feel ready. It matters are you hungry for it. And tonight, I'm going to give an invitation for people to receive the coming upon, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire. I'm going to share a story with you. When I was 13 years old, who's 13 in here? Let's make some noise for our 13-year-olds. Guys, I grew up in church. I I grew up in church. My mom was a Sunday school teacher when I was a kid. I told you guys my story yesterday, some of it. I'm going to tell you what led to that. I, I was at church like five to six days a week. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I was there for family night, for prayer night, for youth night. For Sunday morning service, Sunday evening service, I was there for XYZ, the potluck, you name it, I was at church with my mom. I was always there, I felt like I lived there. And I remember my one night free was Saturday night. I'm a skater, I love skating, I've always loved skating. Shout out to all the skaters and my skate night crew that are here. Saturday was my skate night, growing up. It was the night that I got to hang out with my friends and go skate at the skate park. And one day, my mom finds out that this guy is renting the parking lot of our church. Now, my church, it was kind of weird. Like, if you were a real Christian, you had to wear a belt and a button-up shirt and a tie to church. Because that was a good Christian. Like, that, sh- that was an indicator that you were more holy than everyone else. I don't know how that worked, but that's what, that's what we were taught. And we were taught that if you went to the movie theater, the devil would get you. So you had to be really scared of going to the movies because that's where demons hung out. And we were taught that if you went to the football game, it was bad news because there was demons under the bleachers and if you went there they would grab you and you would walk out having had sex with someone under the bleachers. Guys, we were taught weird stuff when I was a youth, okay? This is the kind of stuff I was taught in church. And we were taught that the that the power of the Holy Spirit was no longer for today. It was only in the Bible. Healing didn't happen anymore. Demons getting cast out didn't happen anymore. All that stuff was just Bible stories. But now the Bible was what we, what we, what we believe. And that was the only way God spoke anymore was through the Bible. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Am I, am I the only one? Maybe because I'm old. It's, <laughs> I come from a weird generation. I don't know. Well, that's what things were like for me when I was a, when I was a teen. And I remember thinking it was so weird because I would hear all these stories about witches having all this power and about all these Satanists having all this power and demons had all this power and the devil had all this power, yet Jesus had no power in humans today. And I'm going, what's wrong with this? This is weird. How is it that the devil has all the power and Jesus only had power 2,000 years ago, but now everything's losing and everywhere you go, he's losing and everything's evil. I was so confused. I'm like, what this doesn't add up. I don't I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. And all of a sudden my mom's like, oh, there's this guy renting the parking lot this weekend, so we're going to church on Saturday. And I'm like, come again. I don't think so. And she's like, What'd you say? I'm like, no, come on, mom. It's my only day that I have to hang out with my friends. I'm at church with you. Monday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Let me have my one night with my friends. I don't want to go to church again. Come on, man. Why do I always have to be at church? And I'm sitting there arguing back and forth. Guys, I'm Mexican. I come from a Latino family. All it takes is that chancla coming off the foot. And you know, you better shut your mouth real quick. If you're from the island, it's called a slipper. That thing comes off the foot. You better put tape on your mouth and shut up or that thing's going to whack you either in the head or in the cheeks. It's coming somewhere. And so I'm, I'm mid-argument and I see her start reaching for the chancla and I'm like, oh, okay, fine, I'll go. But nothing in me actually wants to go. I'm only going because I'm afraid of the chancla, the slipper. And I'm like, guys, I am so mad Saturday. I am like in the worst mood. I am the crankiest teenager on earth come Saturday because I want to be at the skate park, and my mom is dragging me to Saturday night church. I'm like, man, when do I ever get to have fun with my friends? And I'm complaining, and I'm nagging, and I'm angry. And all of a sudden, I show up on this Saturday night service. I had never seen anything like this in my whole entire life. I show up, and there's this missionary from Ecuador. He was 28 years old. I'll never forget. And the dude's walking around, and I'm standing there watching this guy, and I'm like, the Grinch. I'm like in the worst mood, guys. I'm not even gonna act like I was happy. I was angry, and I'm standing like this. And all of a sudden, I'm over here being the Grinch, and I watch this 28 year old guy walk up to someone, and he touches them, and they fall over. And I'm like, Did that person just faint? I'm like, What in the world was that? I was like super weirded out at first. I'm like, What just happened? And I had my buddy with me. It was all in Spanish. The whole thing was in Spanish. My buddy had a white friend with me. He he didn't speak a lick of Spanish and he's with me, and I brought him with me, and we're like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, bro, we're gonna have this youth thing, and he's like, what is this, man, this is weird, I'm like, I have no idea, bro, but let's just see, and so we're like following, we're literally following this guy around, he's like touching people, and all of a sudden, they're like jumping up and down because they're healed, and I'm like, what? No way, man, maybe he's paying these people or something, like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this before, and like, part of me is like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen, and part of me's like, yo, this is like the dopest thing I've ever seen, And like part of me is like, I don't know, man, I've heard this is kind of bad. But then the other part of me is like, man, but how is it that the devil has all the power? This is the first time I'm seeing God's power. I want some of that. And I'm like watching, like half skeptic, half hungry. And I'm following this dude around, and like people are falling, they're speaking in some weird language that I've never even heard of before. They're like shaking and vibrating on the floor. I'm like, this is so weird. Till finally, I just go, you know what? I can't just sit here and follow this dude around anymore. I can't just sit here and watch this. I need to find out for myself if this is real. And after walking around this dude for so long, guys, I'm 13 years old, I walk up to him and I tap him. He looks over me. Hey, how's it going, young man? I want that. He goes, what do you want? I go, all of it he's like okay well explain to me which part i'm like all oh, that 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 and i'm pointing the people like bah, 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 bah. And they're like on the ground i'm like that that yep that and that i want all of it and he goes okay well i can't give that to you that's gonna come from him how bad do you want it i go i want it really bad he goes okay throw your hands in the air and scream the name of Jesus because he feeds those that are desperate. I said, okay. Jesus! He goes, no, 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 no. You're going to need to, like, if you really want it, you need to do it with all you've got. How bad do you want it? I'm like, I want it bad. It's like, okay, with everything you've got, start screaming out the name of Jesus. I'm like, okay, well, if this is what it takes, I'm going to do it. He goes, just like that. Do it like 10 times. Jesus! Jesus! And I start screaming at the top of my lungs. Because guys, I'm desperate, man. I want that. I don't know what it is, but I see it and I want it. And I know something in me needs it. And I'm crying out, Jesus! Jesus! He comes back. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Do it like 100 times. And then he has the audacity to walk away. Part of me is kind of offended that he's gone. But part of me is like, well, he said it wasn't about him touching me. He said it was about him touching me. So I'm going to keep crying out. Jesus! 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 And I'm just going crazy, guys. Like, I need what I'm seeing. And if that's what it takes, I'm going to do it. And all of a sudden, this guy comes back and he goes, there it is. He touches my little tummy. I go flying down on the ground. Guys, this was not like some like little gentle like. No, I violently got like super blasted to the ground. Boom, I'm on the ground and I'm trying to speak in English and the only thing that comes out is I am like shaking violently under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm laying on my eyes closed. My feet are kicking the ground, and there's this hole that's getting dug in the ground from how hard my feet are kicking because I feel like I'm getting electrocuted by the electricity of heaven. And I'm laying there, and I have no idea what's going on. And all of a sudden, I open up my eyes and I have an open vision. I didn't even know what that was, I had never heard about it before. And I see God sitting up in heaven, and there's this cord. Plugged into my belly button, like, like a sign of like being born again or something. I have no idea. I, but there's this thing plugged like an umbilical cord all the way to my belly button. And I'm looking up, and God is sitting up there, and he's going. <sighs> in the same way he blew in Genesis 2-7 in into Adam's nostrils, in the same way that he blew on the disciples in John chapter 20, I see the Father blowing into my inner man. And every time he blows, my body starts to shake. Haha, Holy Spirit's messing with the electrical power. That's what my body sounded like. (laughs) And I'm laying there shaking on the ground, guys. I'm seeing this vision. And all I know is that there's holiness washing over my body. It's the only language I had. I knew holiness is washing me right now. This wasn't five minutes. Guys, it wasn't 20 minutes. It wasn't 30 minutes. It wasn't an hour. It wasn't an hour and a half. For two hours, I violently shook on the ground under the power of the Holy Spirit. Shaking, like trembling. But I knew something holy is happening to me right now. 13 years old. And I remember they came and they're like, get him off the ground. Get him off the ground. They picked me up. We're going to read about this in Scripture in a minute, so you don't think I'm making this stuff up. They pick me up, and I take like two steps, and I fall over. Boom. I can't walk. I am too filled with the Holy Spirit that my body cannot respond anymore. They pick me up again. Everyone starts clapping. Do it again. Do it again. They pick me up, and I'm like... Boom. And like, oh, my gosh. We've read about this in Scripture. We've seen this in Scripture. He's... This... Everybody, come out of your tents. Everyone, come out of your tents. People are sleeping in tents all over the grass. Come out, come out, come out. They start pulling everyone. They go, this is what it looks like. When you hunger so much for God, that the finger of God touches your body. This is what it looks like when you're so desperate for a touch of God, that you experience a genuine touch of God, and they begin telling everyone, and then they pick up my little 13 year old body. I can't walk, my feet are dragging, and they're walking over to people, and they're holding my hand and they're touching people, and people are falling on the ground, shaking, getting visions, getting tongues, getting healed. They call my friend that doesn't speak Spanish, so to him, the whole thing's in tongues. He's never understood anything since the moment he got there. And they pull him over, and he's looking at me like this. And this is what he sees. Like, they're holding me up. I can't walk. I'm trying to speak in English. It's not coming out in English. And they're like, give it to your friend. And I look at him, and I'm like, Justin, bro, you got to receive this. This is the greatest day of my life. This is the greatest thing I've ever experienced in my whole entire life. Justin, you got to get some of this, man. This is the best thing I've ever felt. It's the best day of my life. You have to receive this. But you know what it looked like? I was trying to say so badly in English. It wouldn't come out in English. I could only speak in tongues. I was so filled with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that I couldn't even speak in English. And I'm looking. Guys, I ran into him. Like three years ago, that was when we were 13. I ran into him when I was 30. Addicted to cocaine. At a bar. I'm good there doing evangelism. And I see him like, what are you doing, bro? So good to see you. I'm like, hey, what are you doing tonight? He's like, you want to come to my house? You should come over tonight. I'm like, okay. He's like, you you want to come? I'm like, yeah, he's like, you want some coke? I'm like, oh no, I'm sober, man, but I appreciate it. He's like, all right, yeah, let's go to my house right now. He drives, and I'm like, this is crazy. He's drunk and on coke and driving his car. What in the world's happening right now? Takes me to his house. And all of a sudden, I go, hey, you remember that day when we were 13? He goes, yeah, I walked home that night. (laughs) I go, do you remember what happened? He was like, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen, bro. I go, let me tell you what that was. I begin preaching the gospel to him. My friend's on Coke. He hears the gospel. I lead him to Jesus, and instantly he sobers up off Coke and alcohol. And then I tell him, God's telling me your deepest secret. He goes, nah. I go, check this out. And I start telling him. He starts weeping. He's like, no one in my life has ever known that. Not my dad, not my girlfriend. He's crying. He's like, how do you know this? I go, I don't. God does. God knows that. And he loves you. And that thing that happened to me when we were 13, bro, I got to tell you, it's for you today. You just gave your life to Jesus, but you don't need to go to some seminar next year. God wants to do it right now. And I begin to tell them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Guys, my friend got baptized with the Holy Spirit that night. With the fire of the Holy Spirit. It was the craziest, weirdest. But here's here's, here's what I want to share with you. That night, I'm not just here to tell a story. I'm going to show you this stuff in scripture. That night, something happened to me. And we're going to talk about this. Because in Matthew chapter 4... We see this moment. See, I'm not talking to you tonight about water baptism. Some of you are like, I'm already baptized. I know what some of you are thinking. This is different. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for the repentance of your sins. But there comes one after me who's much greater than I. I'm not even worthy enough to unstrap his sandals. But he, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This was... Jesus' cousin, JB, talking about his cousin, JC. And he's saying, I I baptize for for repentance of sins and water. But when cousin JC comes, homie's going to bring the fire. He's bringing the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. It's going to be different. I'm not talking about water baptism. I'm talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit. When we see in Matthew chapter 4, guys, Jesus goes and gets baptized by his cousin, JB. He goes and finds John the Baptist. Matthew 4, Matthew 3 is where Jesus gets baptized. He goes up to him, he's like, yo, cuz, bro, I need you to baptize me. And J- John the Baptist is like, me baptize you? Bro, you're the Lamb of God, you need to baptize me. He's like, no, 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 man, this is the way it's got to go. You got to baptize me. We got to fulfill scripture. He's like, oh, all right. Baptizes him. Guys, can you imagine this moment? The first time that you see the whole Trinity in one picture, the clouds open, and you hear the audible voice of the Father, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And everyone's like, what in the world? Did you hear that? Yeah, what was that? I don't know. Everyone's looking up, and all of a sudden a dove starts coming down. Everyone's like trying to avoid the sun, and a dove comes and lands on Jesus' shoulder. And now you see the Son, the Spirit, and the Father in one scene. Validating the Trinity. (laughs) But in that moment, something happens. You see, you read all before that. You don't really read much of Jesus. You read about his birth and then when he's like 12. But all of a sudden, this dove comes and lands on his shoulder after his water baptism. And suddenly, the supernatural begins to happen in Jesus' life. He starts raising lame people to be able to walk again. Opening blind eyes. Popping open deaf ears. Raising the dead back to life like Lazarus. Starts doing all these crazy miracles. It all began at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It all began when the dove descended and landed on his shoulder. You see, the Holy Spirit, Jesus was born with the Holy Spirit on the inside. But the Holy Spirit came upon him for power, and the supernatural began at his baptism of the Holy Spirit. Guys, this is what I'm talking about tonight. Yesterday, you received the indwelling as your salvation. Today, we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to release the baptism for the ministry to others. What does this mean? You'll start hearing God's voice prophesying. Some of you are going to start praying in tongues. Some of you are going to start preaching the gospel with courage and fire and boldness. You're going to start praying for the sick and seeing them get healed. You're going to start praying for demon-possessed people and seeing demons come out. I'm telling you guys, this is all part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I got to warn you of something. When I got my baptism of the Holy Spirit, 13 years old, I went to school the next day. Can I can I warn you about something? Like I I told you yesterday I love you, I really do. If I don't warn you, it's not loving. You're not gonna be liked. Some of you are thinking, oh, this is gonna be cool. A couple healing testimonies might get me more followers. You're gonna get more persecution than you'll get followers. You're gonna get more haters than you'll get lovers. Because what happened to me, guys, I went to my school the next day, and I began to tell all my Christian friends in the Christian clubs, hey, this crazy thing happened to me uh, at this thing on Saturday. And I start telling all my Christian friends, and you know what they start doing? They start making fun of me. I thought it was the Christians that would have my back, but because they didn't know, and they had been taught that this was evil, and, and they, they had been taught in their own churches the same thing I was taught, that those things ain't not happen anymore. Guys, my friends didn't have my back because now they thought I was weird. I want to warn you, you'll gain more persecution than you will following. Can I be real? People think you're a weirdo because you're praying for the sick at school. But you know what's going to happen? Those people that get healed will give their lives to Jesus. I want to warn you, when Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we got water baptized, it says that the Spirit took him to the wilderness to get tempted by the devil. Sometimes we think an experience with God will make everything easier. I'm here to tell you it's quite opposite. Guys, being a Christian is the most thug life thing on earth. Smoke and vape does not make you hard, it makes you a follower. Getting drunk does not make you hard. It makes you a copycat and a cookie cutter like everyone else that's going to hell when they die. We are the only people walking against the current. It is the most thug life thing on earth. You heard Dan Bauman earlier, guys. All over the planet, people are getting killed. They're getting their heads cut off. They're getting martyred for believing in Jesus. This ain't no cookie cutter, whipped cream on top Christianity I'm talking about. You see, when I went to school, I got made fun of by everyone. I lost all my friends because everyone thought I was a weirdo because I was telling them about this story. Did not feel good, man. It wasn't fun. And you know what happened to me? This is why I'm sharing this with you guys. I don't want you to fall into the same trap I fell into. I was 13 years old and all my friends started making fun of me and gossiping about me saying I was a weirdo and I had made up some weird stuff and I was demon possessed and I believed some weird stuff and everyone starts making fun of me. And then I go to church and they're telling me I made it up. And they're telling me it was emotionalism that it was fake. And I remember sitting in church that Friday night at youth night and the Lord speaks to me and says, Frenchie, What happened to you on Saturday night is not an experience. It's a responsibility. And now you need to start preaching. You're not scared. I was. And you're not going to run from it. You're going to run towards it. I made the mistake of running from it. I was so scared because I thought, God, you want me to go to my public school wearing a shirt and a tie with my shirt tucked in? Everyone's going to hate me even more. They already hate me enough. And I ran from the call of God. I was terrified. I didn't want to get made fun of. And guys, you know what happened? Weeks later, I tried my first drug. And 12 years later, I found myself addicted to meth, addicted to heroin, addicted to drugs, in and out of jail, my whole life destroyed because I ran from the call of God on my life. I love you. Is there a cost? Yeah. But is it worth it? Oh, it's so worth it. Guys, I've seen most of my friends get demons cast out of them now. And my friends who their marriages were falling apart, now their marriages are healed. And they have children and they're healthy. I've seen prostitutes give their life to Jesus. And now they're married to some of my friends with children owning businesses, owning homes. Guys, God will do the craziest things through your life. but I'm warning you of the cost because I love you. Check this out. I'll be done in five minutes. Is this helpful? Check this out. Acts chapter 1. Jesus says, And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Listen, guys. Jesus has already risen from the dead, and now he's telling them, wait here. Wait. He says, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And in a couple verses later it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What was Jesus saying? He was saying, hey, don't try to go do this without my power. Wait for the power to come. And when the power comes, believe me, you'll know. Believe me, you will know when the power comes. When the power comes then you will go and you will be able to be witnesses in Kona. You'll be able to be witnesses in Waimea. You'll be able to be witnesses in Hilo. You'll be able to be witnesses on Oahu. You'll be able to be witnesses in California. You'll be able to be witnesses in Texas. You'll be able to be witnesses in the United States, in South America, in Middle East, in Asia, in Central America. Wherever you go, you will be witnesses because you will have power now get this guys he tells them to wait he says wait for the helper these guys are young how many of you guys are 18? raise your hand these guys were your age disciples were young 17 to 21 is their estimated age they were not some like priests walking around with fancy robes in their 50s they were young people just like you And Jesus says, hey, wait. Hold on. You just saw me get killed on that cross. You just watched me get murdered. Go wait. You'll know when it's time to leave because you'll have power. And they go into this upper room in Acts chapter 2. Guys, they're in there for 10 days. Why do I say this? Tonight don't give up after five minutes. If you're really hungry, press in. If they can go ten days, you can go an hour. They're in that upper room and they don't even know what they're praying for because this moment had never happened in history. And all of a sudden, they're in their day one, no idea what they're doing. Day two, no idea what they're doing. They're just praying, God, send the helper. Who is this helper? I have no idea, but send him. Who is this guy? I don't know, but send him. We need him. Send him. Send the helper. Send him. Send him. Guys, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven, day eight, day nine, day ten. All of a sudden, day ten hits outside of the door where they're standing. There are thousands of people that killed Jesus that want to kill them next. And they're hiding in this room. And all of a sudden, Pentecost happens. It says in Acts chapter 2. They were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven the sound like a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting. And then it divided as tongues of fire appeared and rested on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. They're sitting in a room, for 10 days, 120 people, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a wind that sounds like a hurricane comes blowing through the room. And that same wind that Jesus blew on them is no longer a little breath. Now it's a hurricane wind that comes blowing into the room. And it says that a fire comes into the room. And it begins to land on their heads. And they're like, oh my gosh, there is a fire on your head. And they go to pray for their friend. And it's no longer coming out in their language. Just like me at 13. They're going, Shakata, rabba." guys this is a real story and there's fire landing on their heads and they're trying to speak in their native tongues and tongues is coming out of their mouths and you know what happens they were scared of getting killed they were hiding because they were scared and all of a sudden They get hit with this fire. You remember when Jesus walked on the water and Peter gets off the boat and the 11 ditch him? And he's the only one that gets off the boat because they're all scared? It says right here. Verse 14. But Peter, standing with the 11, lifted his voice. You see, before the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they were all scared. They were bound by fear. That's why Peter denied Jesus three times, because he was afraid. But now, they're no longer afraid, guys. Fear is eradicated. And it says that they're in this room, and Peter kicks open that door. Boom! And he stands in front of thousands that want to kill him. But they didn't ditch him like they did on that boat. This time, the 11 are standing behind him, and they're like, let's do this, baby. No more fear. There's thousands of people that want to kill them. And you know what Peter does? He begins to preach the gospel. You are the ones that crucified the Messiah. You are the ones. And he begins preaching the gospel. Letting them know. You are guilty of sin. And you deserve punishment. But... The Holy Spirit is being poured out and he begins to prophesy and preach the gospel. And you know what happens? Out of the thousands that want to kill him, 3,000 get saved that day. (laughs) You read the rest of the book of Acts. Man, they're... Raising dead people back to life. They're raising paralyzed people. They're opening blind eyes. They're opening deaf ears. Friends, I'm here to tell you tonight. Your life is not a normal cookie-cutter Christian life. You were saved for more. You were saved for power. You were saved for fire. And your destiny has miracles written all over it. Your future has demon slaying written all over it. Guys, tonight. Oh, I don't know about you guys. I read this story and I'm like, I wasn't created for a boring Christian life. I was created for my life to look like the life of Jesus on the earth. Tonight, a mighty wind is about to blow in this room. What does a strong wind look like? Sometimes it looks like it knocks people on the floor. It's going to happen to some of you guys. A fire is going to come into this place. What does a fire do? It makes your body temperature rise. You start sweating. You're hot. You're sweating. Some of you are going to start to feel a heat all over your body. Some of you are going to start shaking under the power of the Holy Spirit because He's way more powerful than this electric system. Oh, some of you are going to start speaking in tongues. Some of you are going to start having visions. You're going to start to prophesy. Are you hungry? If you know that this is what you were created for, I want you to run and fight for this altar because we're going to begin to cry out for the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight. Come on If you're up here If you're up here I want want you to pray this with me If you're up here I want you to pray this with me Say Holy Spirit Spirit, I repent 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 For all unbelief unbelief. I I repent Forever believing that you can, people, you can use other people, but not me. But not me. That, is a lie. that is a lie. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit tonight, tonight I'm here. I'm, here. I'm, hungry, I'm hungry. And I'm ready to receive, ready to receive by faith the baptism, the, Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire. The baptism of fire. Right now, I receive, I receive. The, baptism the, Holy the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin to ask Jesus for it. Because I can't give it to you. But He can. Come on, just begin to ask Jesus for it. Some of you are already getting touched. Ask Jesus for it.